And you'll be surprised, you might be surprised, some aren't, but there are those out there that, in their own weird way, teach that the Lord doesn't lead. And uh, we have no time to get into that tonight. So we are in Ephesians chapter 6 tonight. I really was, uh, had planned, had planned to finish up this portion of the, of the armor, of uh, our, our armor that God has given us in our fight against the wiles of the devil. And uh, we're not going to finish tonight. We're going to look at one more. And then, Lord willing, next week we'll get to the last, uh, probably one of the last pieces of the armor here. Uh, but tonight we're going to move on and we're going to get into the shield of faith. You know, it's kind of interesting if you watch the progression of Ephesians, it opens up with this praise to God for redemption, this doxology, you might call it. It meanders on through our election in Christ, not outside of Christ, but in Christ. And, and forward there it moves on for, from there to our spiritual uh, resurrection and, the, and just the wonder of the indwelling God, that God would live in us and through us. And uh, from then, it, the, the, we go from there to as God is living in us and through us, it goes from there and shows us how we're to live out our life on a daily basis, how it is to put on Christ and to live in Christ. But then the book of Ephesians kind of comes to this, <clears throat> this dark close. It kind of comes to this warning of the, the armor that is needed because of the wiles of the devil. There's a warning there. And can I tell you, we've all seen this in the, in, the, in the Christian life. It starts with the honeymoon phase and everything is wonderful and everything is great. It feels like you'll never again go back to anything that you've ever done before Christ. And, and we have a little bit of a time of bliss and joy and movement uh, forward and all of these. But boy, sometimes it's inevitable. It's coming. The darkness right, is coming. The arrows are coming. The darts are coming. Satan is coming. His, his targets are going to be on you. And, and one individual illustrated our Christian life this way. He said the Christian life is like living in a camp on a battlefield. It's like living in a Hey, our, this is our camp right here, right? The captain of our salvation is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our great commander. But we're living on a battlefield. We're living on a battlefield. We are living in a war zone. This, we say this world is not our home. We're just passing through. And I don't know when it came to you, and maybe it hasn't really hit you yet in life. Maybe for some it has hit. But the reality that we are just passing through. It is, we are so transitory. We are, this is such a temporary stay. I mean, the older you get, the more you've seen how, how much is behind you now and you see how little is in front of you and how quickly 10 years goes and 20 years goes and you realize, hey, I'm just heading on. I mean, uh, we're, uh, I'm leaving the battlefield soon. The chopper's coming in and it's going to take us out very soon. And, uh, and we, we can realize that, we're, that this world is not our home. But, in, but while we are here, right, it's a battle. It's a battle. It's a war zone, right? And when we realize where we are living, we are confronted with three truths that we have looked at. We are, we're confronted that with the fact that we have an adversary, right? The, listen to me. The moment you decide to walk in the Spirit, Satan has decided to make sure that you walk in the flesh. And he's going to do everything. And let me tell you, he's, he's a lot smarter than you are. He'll do everything 
to get you to walk in the flesh and not in the spirit. We have an adversary. We saw last week our adversary is powerful. Let me ask you, are you greater than Solomon? Are you greater than David? Are you closer to God uh, than, than Solomon was or than David was in his life? I'm telling you tonight, our adversary is powerful. And we should never get the idea that we have arrived in this life to where Satan can never bother us again. That is, that is, that is a lie of Satan to make you think, live a life of apathy, that everything that you can't be bothered by him. Our adversary is very powerful, but our adversary, the attacks of our adversary can be defeated. Amen? That is a fact. That is a glorious fact that we need to realize in our life on a daily basis. You might be here tonight and defeated and discouraged because you've messed up, because it seems like Satan has gotten advantage again. You might be watching online and you're just down in the dumps because, because the dart hits you again, right? Can I tell you tonight, you can get back up again. And the reason, listen, the reason the darts hit according to the Word of God, the reason the darts got in is because somewhere in the armor had been left off. Listen, there's no problem with the armor Satan can't get through the armor. The problem is whether we're living with it on or not. Yeah. And so here we have armor in verses 11 through 18. We saw that you got to know where the battle is. Amen. Right. It's not with you and me. It's not in flesh and blood. It's powers and principalities and rulers of this world. It's a spiritual battle. But we need to put on verse 13 all of the armor of God, every last bit of it, so we can withstand. Here's what we noticed about some of the armor last week. We saw that the, the we are girded here, taking the whole armor of God, verse 14, stand, having your loins girt about with truth. I just called it simple, definite, I just called it the belt of truth. We saw that the belt of truth is right thinking. We saw the breastplate of righteousness is right doing. We saw that the gospel shoes is right going, right? I like this. I read this. I was thinking about this with our theme this year about uh, more and not only that, but just follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And one individual I read this week said this, the gospel is so designated, the gospel of peace is so designated that way because it is a peace bringing power which destroys the enmity in men's heart and establishes tranquility in its place. I tell you, when you came to Christ, it was all messed up, wasn't it? It was just a war going on inside. And you know what the gospel brought? Peace. Peace. It was, it was much more powerful than your wicked heart. And it brought peace. But we notice here tonight, we see here the, bre the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel shoes. But tonight I'm going to look at the shield of faith. Now, the, this Roman shield that Paul is uh, deriving this illustration from, this imagery from, there is the, uh, uh, the Roman shield called uh, the scutum. I always mispronounce them. It's not scutum, it's scutum. And it, I, I think it's right. I don't know. I could be wrong. But I'm pretty sure that's how I heard it. You can get online now and listen to things. And then you listen. And then you listen. And then you'll find out. You know what find out when you listen to things online? Then you'll find five different ways to pronounce it. I'm like, ah, what's it matter? I'm sticking with the first one, okay? Scutum. It was about four feet tall. It was about 16 inches wide. It was about 30 inches deep. If you were to take a burn barrel, who still has burn barrels? 
Yeah, amen. This is real, this is real Ozarks here. You got to have a burn barrel, right? If you take a 55 gallon, now the, the city folks call them just 55 gallon drums, right? And if you were to take a 55 gallon drum and cut that vertically on both sides, right? You would, you would get pretty close to the dimensions and the curvature and all the, you get pretty close to the size of the Roman scutum. About that size, okay? It weighed about 22 pounds. It had two layers of wood that were glued together. Uh, don't ask me how they glued it, but they glued it, all right? There is a layer of canvas. There is a layer of leather. There is a metal frame uh, on the, on the, like a, ri a rim on the top and on the bottom. It was called the boss or it's called the umbro. And uh, it was uh, in the center of the of this uh, uh, scutum. Am I saying it right? Because I feel like I've pronounced it three ways now. Scutum. Okay. In the middle of that thing, there would be this would be this uh, embossment looking thing where the the hand would go with the handle where they could hold it. Right. It could be a they they could use that little that little thing where they hold on to it. It was shaped in the front. They could use it to punch with as well. But but it, it its use was to really to shield from arrows to be shielded from swords, right? That metal rim on top, if a horse was riding by with a rider and they were chopping down, well, that metal rim would kind of stop that. It would help that a little bit. And, uh, but what they would do mainly with these, with these shields is they could form a line with them and inter interlock them. And they could form a big, long line as they were moving forward. And the arrows were coming. They could get behind that entirely. they get their whole body behind the shield. And you hear, ping, ping, ping. And arrows are flying off of it and things like that. There's another cool thing I read that they would do. They would get in a circle and overlap them. And then one guy would get in the middle with his and put on top. And they make a complete like this turtle shell. I mean, they, you could, you're not getting through it, right? And so... Okay, with our weapons today, okay, big deal. We'll just obliterate it with a 50 cal, and it's, it's everywhere. But we didn't have our weapons, all right? They had arrows and darts and things like that, and it was impervious to those. An arrow was not going through it. A dart wasn't going through it. Uh, they were protected that. If you look at riot gear today of the police, it's very similar. That shield they use is very similar to the Roman one. Now, this shield was... 90% for defense against an attack. About 10% of it was offensive. 90% of its use was defensive. So Paul has laid this out, right? He's drawing, he's, I mean, I laid it out here, but he's drawing it from the Roman shield of what they would have understood. But what about the Christian shield? What is this? Well, notice what he says here in our text, verse 16, above all. Above all. Above all of what? Above all of the other armor. This is in addition to, right? No, this isn't like, watch, this isn't like, well, if you're going to use the shield, then you don't have to have the shoes, the belt, or the breastplate, right? No, this isn't a one either or situation, right? Or either, or either, either, tomato, 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 tomato. This isn't an either or condition. Above all, you had to have all of it. You added this to what you had. Your belt, the breastplate, the shoes on, on your feet were the mobility. But the shield stops the arrows that are shot from a long ways off. 
See, watch your first three segments of armor enabled the mobility. Watch this, though. But the shield helps you to stand your ground. Can I tell you, every once in a while in life, you're making forward movement with the armor of God and you're walking in the Spirit. You've put on Christ. You're living in the Word. You're memorizing the Word. You're obeying the Word. You're taking in the Word of God. But every once in a while, this errant arrow comes flying from who knows where. Have you ever been sideswiped? Right? Have you ever been just knocked upside the head out of nowhere in life and you just hit with something? You're like, I wasn't ready for that. Right? No, this is, you know, you know, you're moving forward and this happens and you get hit out of nowhere. This would happen on a battlefield. And for those occasions when you're moving along, the boy, I tell you what, that shield came into place. That shield came up and you could start uh, hitting, uh, protecting yourself from the darts that were coming in a long way off. Darts and arrows that were coming in that you didn't even see where they were coming from and you weren't even maybe even ready for them. Maybe you're ready for them, but you couldn't even see where the archer was there so far off. Yeah. This is what, watch, you're moving forward, but every once in a while, we see it in life too, you're moving forward, but every once in a while you've got to stop Put a shield up. Wait for the wait. Wait for the barrage to go through, so you can get up and what? Do what? Go home. <laughs> Whew, we got out of that one. All right, let's go to the house. No, go forward. Keep going forward. The Christian life is never a life of retreat. It is always upward and onward. And this is what this shield was for. And he says, above all, in addition to everything else that you have, taking the shield. What do we see here? The shield, listen, it is absolutely necessary for complete victory. You've got to, listen, you've got to have your shield. You don't leave home without the shield. You don't leave home without it. What commercial was that? Oh, right. Uh, you, you, you've got to have the shield. You don't, go to, you don't show up to battle without your shield, okay? And uh, even though it was heavy, even though it was kind of heavy to lug around, even though it took some work and some labor, how often do we? Hey, how how often do we leave the house in the day, or just maybe you don't leave the house? But how often do you start the day and leave off in the day, and you just don't want to put the work in, yeah. right? You put the grubby clothes on, you put the ball cap on, right? That's my comb. I call my hat my comb. If I don't want to comb my hair, just put my hat on, right? Head out the door. You don't want you don't want the work or the labor, right? Because you just, you just want to get on. How many times in our Christian life do we wake up in the morning? We, won't, we don't want to put the work in of prayer. We don't want to put the labor into the Bible reading. We just want to head out. What are you doing? You're leaving your shield at home. Because it's heavy and you've got to lug it around and it takes work. And sometimes we don't want to work. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Uh, listen, you, you take the easy route out, you're going to get a dart. It happens. And so here they would bring this thing around. It had to be used. It had to be used. So what is our shield spiritually? Okay. It helps us. We need it. Above all, verse 16, taking the shield of faith. Taking the shield of, here, I said it. What is it? Faith. faith. Let's try it all at once. Taking the shield of faith. faith. Okay, good. I like that. The shield of faith. Well, what's faith? We know what Hebrews 11.1 1 says, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Right? So faith is substance. 
substance. Maybe you could use the word confidence. Maybe you could use the word assurance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. What does the word hope there mean in Hebrews 11.1? 1? It isn't like, oh, I hope this works. That's not the word hope there. The word hope there is, is to wait with full assurance, with full confidence, with full belief. So it's faith is the substance of things hoped for, the things believed, the things that we're waiting on with full confidence. The Bible says, uh, you know, that the, the elders of the Old, the, the Old Testament saints, they died in faith. What, were they, what did they die with? Hope. Why? Full confidence. That the faith, well, listen, the trust they had put in the coming Messiah was one day going to take away all of their sins, though they weren't going to be alive to see Him come. Yeah, it's faith. So it's the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence. What is evidence? Well, that's proof. Of things not seen. Now, we're not talking about things just that are invisible, though that would be included, but things that haven't come to fruition yet. Do you know, listen, you know how we're living by faith today? We're, we're not waiting for the Messiah to come. We're waiting for Jesus to come back. Amen. Yeah. And what are we doing? We're living in full expectation, waiting. Full expectation, hope. What's the evidence that we have? What is the evidence that he's coming back? He said so. He said so. The word of God. Watch this. So faith is assurance. Faith is proof. Substance is faith. Evidence is faith. Okay. So what is faith? I don't have a lot of time tonight to delve into this. But I'll just say it this way and you go home and study this. But really substance, the substance and evidence is the word of God. It's the word of God. You say, well, how do you live by faith? Watch. If you believe this, we assemble and order our life to live it. Is it no wonder as we watch our nation crumble, as we watch the world go crazy, as we watch uh, those that call themselves Christian go down an incredible, strange path today, is it no wonder Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith? I don't, I don't believe he was saying, am I going to find faith, saved people? <laughs> I believe what he's saying is, am I going to find them living by faith, living by the word of God? And that's how we live. This, the, this, the, the substance, the material substance that we live by is the word of God. The evidence that we live by is the word of God. Do you know what the first doubt in the Bible was? Hath God said... Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, Satan knows the Bible's true. He knows the Word of God is true. Yeah. But he caused Eve to doubt. Hath God said? It was, watch, it was the rejection. It was the, let's call it the unbelief in the Word of God that brought sin into the world. So what, what is faith? It's the shield of faith. What is it? Faith is obedience to the word of God. Do you know what you see in Hebrews chapter 11 after verse 1? You can go through the rest of the chapter and you'll see a list of about 15 names. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Noah. 
by faith, right? It goes on and on and on. And then it lists a bunch of names all at once down there, right? Fifteen names you'll see. And after every time it says by faith, it says what they did. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. James said, hey, I'll show you my faith by my works. But, oh, oh, you know, work salvation. Come on. That's not what he was talking about. I think it was Martin Luther who didn't believe James even believed, belonged in the canon of Scripture. Yeah. That was one issue I have with Martin Luther, <laughs> among others. No, no, faith, what is it? It's, we live by faith. In, in Hebrews 11, after, after each, each uh, individual who said, by faith, Abraham went out, right? By faith, Noah built an ark. By faith, they went out and did. Watch, faith is obedience to the word of God. It is doing what you say you believe. And uh, they literally went out and accomplished what God told them to do. How could Abraham move to a place he had never seen? How could Noah build an ark? How, 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 could, the, how could Moses go to Pharaoh and demand that he let his people go and then lead a, a million and a half or more uh, Israelites unto Canaan? Well, I'll tell you how God called them, God commanded them, and, he believed, and they believed them. What were they doing? They're living by faith. They did what they did because they believed who they believed. They lived by faith. And I remind you this tonight, it's not morning, not even light out at all. That's wishful thinking. A few months, it'll still be light out. Can I remind you tonight? We have the preserved Word of God. We have the inspired, preserved Word of God right here in front of us. You're holding it. Yeah, we have it. This is what we live by. This is the Word of God. We believe it's inerrant. We believe it's inspired, breathed of God. We believe it's preserved. Psalm 12, the words of the Lord are pure words, a silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. I know, this God, I know people don't like that verse for preservation. But I think grammatically and contextually, it's exactly what he's talking about. He's preserving words. He's preserving His words. Go back and read Psalm 12. It begins with man's words, and then it moves to God's words. And then He says, I'm going to preserve them. Who else He preserved? Not man's words, and uh, not the poor. He's preserving His own words. We have them today. We have them today. Psalm 119, 89, Forever, O Lord, Thy word is settled in heaven. Jesus said, Matthew 1, uh, Matthew 1, Matthew 5, 18, 1 Matthew 5, 18, not one jot nor tittle will pass till all the law be fulfilled. Right. Even those that are contentious about the King James Bible. I, I saw one, he said, this is probably one of the greatest evidence, Matthew 5.18, one of the greatest evidences for the, that you could argue for the King James Bible, even though he still doesn't argue for it. Right. There's no, listen, there's no better place to have your faith. What did Peter say when Jesus said, Will you go away also? He said, To whom shall we go? You have the words of life. We have the word of God. Faith is what? Faith is doing the word. So look what he says here. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Taking the shield of faith. You've got to take it. It's faith. Look at this. 
wherewith you shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the devil, of the wicked. Sorry. I probably don't need to remind you tonight. Fiery darts come in your life. You don't have to raise your hand, but anybody have darts been slinging at you this week? And you've been walking around scratching your head because they hit? <laughs> that one hit. Fiery darts, they come, don't they? Maybe, maybe they come as doubt. Maybe they come as discouragement. Maybe they come as fear. Maybe they come as anxiety. No, they're, they're, they're darts. They're darts. I don't know what it sounded like on those old battlefields. No doubt all of those arrows had to have made a noise. Could you imagine fighting away and you hear this, I mean, a really loud, right? What do you do? Get ready. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe for us, it's like, you know, the rain has been pouring, the hail and the lightning and the thunder has been going and all of a sudden it all stops and you're like, oh, a weird train coming through town. That's strange. No, run. <laughs> Find a scary hole to get in. Get down in there or something, right? Yeah. yeah. No, when the dart, watch, when the darts are slinging, you hear them coming. How do you hear them coming? Well, the fear comes up, the anxiety is coming, the doubt is coming, the discouragement is setting in. Listen to me, those are darts. What do you have to do? You've got to get behind the shield. They're coming in. They're coming in. How do you get behind the shield? What is the shield of faith? Well, it's the Word of God. It's obedience to the Word. What, what do we do when the doubt comes? Well, you go to Hebrews and say, remind yourself, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Yeah. What, do, what do you do when the discouragement comes? Well, you might go to Jeremiah and, say, and, and remind yourself, I know the thoughts that I have of thee, not thoughts of evil, but thoughts of good to give you an expected end. What are you doing when you're going to the Word of God? You're throwing the shield up. You're putting it up. When the fear comes, you might go to Psalm 56 and say, What well, time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Shield's gone up. Right. When the sin comes in, you go to 1 John 1, 9. We confess our sins. He is faithful and just to uh, forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What are you doing? A shield is going up. The shield is going up. Watch, when we get behind our shield... <coughs> The forward movement may stop for a short time, but there won't be a retreat. Don't feel like, hey, listen, don't feel like, oh, I just lost ground. No, you didn't. You put the shield up, wait for a little while, wait for the darts to go away, wait for the discouragement to go, keep, keep in the Word of God, keep quoting the Word of God, wait for the doubt to go, wait for the fear to go, wait for the anxiety to go, and when it finally, listen, when the shield takes care of the darts, get up and keep moving forward. You haven't lost ground. You've just waited a little bit. The only, hey, you know when you lose ground? When you don't put the shield up. And, you know, arrows are sticking out of you, right? You got to go home. Put the iodine on it, that hurts. Put the band-aids up. Right? Then you gotta go find the your battle crew, that's who knows where they're at now. You gotta go find them now. Right? No. Put the shield up. 
Put the shield down. Why? You can't stop. You can't stop. You can stand your ground. You absolutely can. But when the arrows stop, just go forward. Notice the promise, and I'll be done. Verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, whereas you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Notice here we have fiery darts. In Roman times, they would take those end. Uh, the Dukes of Hazard did not create, uh, invent this, okay? About uh, fiery arrows and things like that. And, uh, and uh, Alan's like, yeah, that was a good show. That was a good show, wasn't it? And uh, 1979, that came out January of 79, I think it was. Sorry, I digress. I but I was thinking about these, you know, the bows and the arrows with the dynamite, which really wouldn't work. That's a lot of weight. But anyway, but the, what, the, what the Romans would do, they'd take the end of those arrows and they'd dip them in tar, and sometimes they would light them on fire before they set them off. You'd have fiery, this is literal, fiery, well, the Romans literally did this. They'd have fiery darts. So beyond the damage of just an arrow sticking out of you is the damage of what the fire might do. So what, watch, you have, hold on, you have arrows that would do more damage than even the normal arrows would do. You see, the Holy Spirit here calls Satan's arrows fiery darts. They can do a lot of damage, more damage than normal, right? Can I, can I remind you, Satan does desire to do much more damage than normal? He, no, no. Satan would love above everything to completely eliminate you from the battlefield. Yeah. So they're fiery darts, but notice this. They're able, the shield is able to quench them. You should be able to quench, ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. See, if that fiery dart would hit that shield... The fire is not going to damage anything. The arrow is not going to damage anything. The fire would be quenched, the, the, and the arrow would be stopped. You know, when you put the no, when you put the shield of faith up, the darts that are coming can't get to you. Oh no, you can hear them. It, hey, let me tell you this. It doesn't mean that they're not going to be fired anymore. If you put the shield out, it doesn't mean the enemy goes, oh, great, they got a shield. Don't worry about the arrows, guys. Just put them away. Right. No, they're waiting for one, for one uh, you know, jack leg out there to put his, put his, uh, put his ar you know, shield down and turn around and tie his shoe. And, oh, boy, I got to lace my sandal up here. Oh, man, you know, yeah, that worked. No, listen, the darts are going to come. You're going to hear them coming. You're going to hear them bouncing off of the shield. You're going to hear them popping off at all this thing. But listen, they won't get to you. Let me say it this way. They won't have power over you. You know, it's a wonderful thing when you're walking in the Spirit of God and the darts are coming, whether it's fear, whether it's anxiety, whether it's temptation, you know it's there, but you're walking in a way when you realize there's no power to them. There's no power. You're aware of them, but you don't have that overwhelming sense that, they're, that this, this chain on you that they're going to take over if you just, if you just make one wrong move. Huh? Shield of faith. Notice this little word here, all. Yeah. 
Can I tell you tonight, there is not one fiery dart of Satan that God's shield can't stop. There's not one. List it, name it, I don't care. Make one up. Give Satan a new idea, which you couldn't do that. Oh, have you tried this dart? (laughs) Make one up. it's, It's not possible. Verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall, ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the devil, of the wicked, or of the devil, wicked. There's two verses I talk about that. I always get them confused. One says wicked, one says devil. Can I tell you, there's no confidence in a time of battle like the confidence you have with good armor. Has anybody ever done paintball? Been crazy enough to go play paintball? No. Those, can I tell you, those paintballs hurt? I mean, they're fired up. Bang! I mean, they got these guys, and some of them get them, and they're just, they're nuts, and these things fire out. I mean, it, it, uh, you know, you'd take out the side of a building, you know, some of this stuff. First time I ever did paintball was a youth activity. Took this high school class to go play paintball, and I thought, okay, great. Man, that hurt. I had a pair of overalls on a t-shirt, man, and it was like, bang, ah, you know. I was mad. I was about ready to beat guys with guns, you know. I'm like, just take it and just start clubbing them with it, you know. Oh, show you paintball. <laughs> Let's play paintball gun, right? The next time I played, I suited up. I had layers. I, I, I mean, I had layers that were floppy because I think, boy, because, uh, you know, you have, if it hits, it absorbs it and it has time to get to you, you know. I mean, I, I, mean, I thought this thing through, man. I didn't like the pain. There's one brain dead kid there. He played the whole time in his t-shirt. A lot higher pain threshold than I ever had. That's for sure. He's like, look at this one. Yeah, man, look at that one. I mean, just welts all over. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Can I tell you, when I was suited up, I played with a lot more confidence. I didn't hide as much. I mean, I'm running through, you know, things, bing, 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 bing. I didn't hurt. Who cares? It was awesome. (laughs) No, you have a lot more confidence when you have the right armor on. You have a lot more confidence. Those of you that have been in the military, you know this. I mean, you're, if, if they sit you out into the battlefield in your T-shirt and flip-flops, I mean, I don't know. They'd have to pump you full of a lot of drugs to have you go running through with all the, just that on. Yeah. It's confidence. There's no confidence in battle like the confidence of good armor. And if you'd keep, listen, if you'd keep the armor of God where it ought to be. You can go out in life with a lot more confidence than some t- people do. Yeah. Afraid to serve God. Afraid to do what God wants them to do. Right? Afraid to get into some, something that they think they may get defeated in. Yeah. See, we're living in a camp on a battlefield. And the armor that God's given us, it's enough. It's sufficient. It's enough. We don't, we don't have to, what are those games? You don't have to get to a next level to get better armor. We get it all at once, right? I love it. 
the belt of truth, right thinking, the breastplate of righteousness, right doing, the gospel shoes, right going, the shield of faith, right believing. Right believing. And if you'll notice here, this shield of faith, it covers all of the others. The belt of truth, what did I say last week, is to know the word of God. The breastplate of righteousness, obey the word of God. Gospel shoes, preach the word of God. The shield of faith, believe the word of God. And the belief covers all of the other things. If you don't believe the word, you're not going to care to know it. You're not going to care to obey it. You'll see no point in preaching it. Like I like to say, just pack up and go to the house. If you're not going to believe it, go fishing. Right. But even though we have armor, fiery darts come in the life of the believer. They are going to come. They are going to come. What do you do when they start coming? Get behind your shield and believe it. Yeah. And read it and memorize it and live it and do it. When the darts come, you know what you'll be able to do? You'll be able to quote it. You'll be able to run to it. You'll be able to hide behind it. Are you using the shield? Is, your, is the shield of faith, is it active in your life? Is it active in your life? When the darts come, what do you, what do you say to the darts? Do you, do you get behind the Word of God? Or do you get behind medication? Do you get behind the Word of God? I'm not saying all medication is wrong. Don't get me wrong here. Do you get behind, do you get behind the Word of God? Or do you get behind the latest guru that tells you how to get through life, right? Do you get behind the Word of God or fill in the blank? Do you go somewhere else? If you're gonna, hey, listen, if you're going to have the shield of faith and come out victorious of the fiery darts of the, say, of the devil, you're going to have to get behind the Word of God. Get behind it. and Keep it up. Put it out there. Drag it out, even when it's hard to do. Even when it's difficult. Bring it with you every day. And stand behind it. Stay behind it. You know what you'll notice in your life? Victory. Victory. You notice that word shall? Yep, in verse 16. Ye shall be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked. If we're getting darts, it means the shield's not up. So, how's your shield tonight? Father, thank you. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the shield that you've given us, the shield of faith, the shield of faith. We believe what you say. Because we believe what you say, we not only do we speak accordingly, according to what we believe, but we live according to what we believe your word says. And we thank you for that, the armament that we do have to protect us in this life. We're on a battle. We're in a battle. And I'm so thankful that you said that we shall be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked. Thank you for that confidence tonight. Would you help us, Lord, uh, just to stay in the Word as we ought to and to be ready to use it as we ought to, that we would be uh, believers, that that we'd be a church of victory and not defeat. Well, thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Let's stand tonight. The instrument, piano is going to play. However the Lord has spoken to you tonight, you respond to Him. Are you bringing the shield with you? Do you have it with you every day? Are you immersed in the Word of God? When the troubles come, do you, do you, do you go to the Word and quote the Word? Do you throw that shield up or are you throwing different things up? I'm telling you, any other shield beside the Word of God will not stop the fiery darts of Satan. 